I think you saw everybody in in town here just rally around that October run, and it it kind of proves that like, look, if if they can give these fans something to kind of grab a hold of and sink their teeth into, um, you know, there's there's baseball fans here. They they want to come out and support the team. I I, I think that if they you know, can, can get behind a group of players and kind of start to identify with them, um, that, that they can turn this into something. If you had the chance to have a beer with your favorite baseball player, what would you talk about? Would you ask the same tired questions like every reporter after the game? How did you feel? What was going through your mind? Yada, yada, yada. Probably not. It's time you hear the stories that these players have never told. This is the Setup Man Podcast, where we have conversations that every fan wants to hear and the stories that every player and coach deserve to share. Let's get started. Hey, Setup Nation. We've got Nick Pecoro here today on our next segment of Rumor Has It. This is our fourth team that we've caught up with this offseason, and we are talking all things hot stove. Nick is the beat reporter for the Diamondbacks with the Arizona Republic. And Nick, uh, very fun uh, times that you guys are having in, in Arizona. Uh, not expected to make the World Series, let alone maybe even make the playoffs. So you guys shocked the entire world. Uh, what are some of the things that you're excited about going into the offseason for these Diamondbacks? Yeah, it was a it was a crazy run. Um, I don't think any of us really saw it coming, um, especially the way they kind of ended the year. They they you know they had kind of a rough second half. Um, they got back on track, but then they stumbled again the last week of the season, and it kind of felt like it could be a short uh, you know visit to the playoffs, a, a short October, and it was not. Um, and, uh, and they were the best team on the field for a lot of the postseason, it felt like. So, I mean, it wasn't totally fluky. They just played great. Um, as far as going into the winter, I'm just curious to see how they fill some of these holes. Um, you know, they you, you saw during the playoffs that that they need another starting pitcher, um, yeah, somebody else they can trust, somebody else they can move the ball to in a big game. Um, be curious to see how they fill that. And then, you know, they had some guys depart as free agents in uh, Guriel and Pham. Um, what are they going to do there? Uh, those are those are kind of the big questions remaining. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, third base was a question that already got filled. Uh, so we'll see where they go from here. Yeah, I want to go back to that trade here in a second with you, Henry Osores. Um, but you mentioned the starting pitching. It really was amazing to see Zach Gallen not be uh, at the top of his game. And really, you guys had two starters. I mean, Brandon fought was definitely showing up and, and giving you guys some innings and kind of surprised a lot of people. But I mean, legitimately you had Merrill Kelly and that was about it. And you still made it to the world series. So when the diamondbacks um, are looking this off season for starting pitching, I think the, the big question mark right now is, is Brandon fat a solid number three? Are we going to see the postseason version of him? Or are we going to see the regular season version of him? What do you think? It's a good question. Um, the guy that that showed up in the playoffs was a lot different in the regular season um, to me, mainly because of his fastball. Um, when he was coming up in the minors, the the you know things I would hear about it is that it was a pitch that could blow guys away. Um, you know, a pitch that had some cut to it um, and uh, you know some rise as well. So it was one of those pitches he could he could attack guys up in the zone and really just kind of challenge hitters with and, and be able to have success. 
And that didn't show up uh, initially when he got to the big leagues. Um, it, it had, he had a lot of damage done on that pitch. Um, he, you know, he was telling me in October, actually, that it was really the first time in his life. He kind of had to work on his fastball. Um, mm. it, I, I, something just happened in terms of the, the, the way that it came out of his hand. I, I think there was something with the release mm. point, um, something with the, I, I don't know exactly how to how to put it, but but he wound up getting, uh, you know, on top of the ball a little bit better, I think, um, and wound up getting a lot more, uh, you know, just it just felt like it was it was back, you know, it was it was yeah. a blessing for him. Um, I I don't know if it's quite that simple, but it, it seems to me that if that pitch is there again, you know, in 2024, uh, that you know I don't I don't know that he's going to be you know, the dominant force he was for all of October, but I don't see why he couldn't be a, a really solid mid rotation guy with, with, you know, some upside for, for even more based on what we saw. I mean, he was shutting down really good offenses there in the playoffs. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that, that you're right. That's, that's really kind of the the biggest question. I feel like if, if they, if they wind up with kind of that more of, you know, adding more of a back end type of guy, a, a Michael Waka type, you know, um, then, you know, that's a lot more, uh, it, it, it's, it feels a lot more of a better fit when you got Brandon fought as a, as a strong starter ahead of that. Um, I'm guessing that they're probably aiming a little bit higher. Um, you know, they, this, this group has some history with, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez going back to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so that guy makes a lot of sense to me as someone that I could see them targeting. Um, but you know, I, I think that, that, uh, if gallon and Kelly are themselves, if fought is the guy that he was, uh, in October, and then they add one more starter, that's looking pretty good. Um, we'll see what, what comes out of their system. They've got some other interesting young arms, um, guys that have either reached the big leagues or are on the cusp of it. Um, so I, I kind of like the way that things are, are shaping up in the rotation, but they're going to need to add one guy, I would say at, at least one guy. Well, John Heyman at one point mentioned that they were in the running for Yamamoto. Are you still hearing any whispers about that? Uh, I haven't heard anything on that, but that doesn't shock me. Um, I, I guess like, I, I, I mean, look, yes, it would surprise me if they sign Yamamoto. I, I don't want to okay. like, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like, like I wouldn't be surprised, but this, this organization, when, when they've gotten close to competing, when it's looked like they have a chance to contend, um, they have, they have spent money, you know, Ken Kendrick, the owner has, has shelled out some money in the past, most recently, probably most notably for Zach Granke, um, back in 2016, um, that they were coming off an interesting, you know, finish to their season in 2015. They looked like they were a few starters away and, and it felt like, you know, now's the time to push in. I, obviously that's even more the case right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I, the other thing is when I, when I think about how their rotation kind of stacks up with gallon and Kelly, both having two years to go before they hit free agency. Um, and then like a lot of like kind of unproven starters after that. Um, I'm not saying you should be totally focused on what the rotation is going to look like in 2026, but you kind of have to have it in mind. And if you can go out and add someone that's that's under contract for four or five years and you feel really good about Yamamoto might be even more years than that. But like, you know, a guy like Rodriguez would probably be four or five years. 
Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. You're, you're plugging a hole now and you're sort of fortifying the group going forward. So, um, and they don't really have an awful lot in terms of commitments. Um, you know, Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte are signed to long-term deals. Right. Bumgarner's deal comes off the books after this year, um, after 2024. Um, so, I mean, they're in a good position now to spend if it's the right guy, I think. So let's assume for a second they go out and get one more guy on free agency, whether it's Rodriguez, Waka, maybe Yamamoto, if they do make that splash. That fills four of the five spots. I know Ryan Nelson pitched a lot in some starts last year, but was taken off the playoff roster uh, and really just moved into a relief role. So what what do you what do you think maybe that fifth spot? Does it come internally? You mentioned some prospects maybe coming up. Who are some guys that we should be on the lookout for internally? Well, I mean, it's not guys that that are unheard of. Like if you're if you've been following them, I mean, Tommy Henry is a guy that that is, in my mind, kind of the clear cut favorite for the fifth spot, assuming they sign up someone else for the for the first four. Um, he finished uh, last year on the injured list. He was kind of ramping up in October in hopes of possibly getting added to the playoff roster. He was actually being talked about behind the scenes for for a World Series roster spot. He had, he had kind of got himself back to full health at that point. They really like him. He's a solid pitcher. Um, he's probably more of a back-end type of guy. He's one of those left-handers that, um, you know, just knows how to pitch, doesn't have overpowering stuff, you know, has a, you know, three, four pitches he can use, is a good athlete, and I'm guessing is one of those guys we're going to look up in five years and he's still taking the ball and starting every five games or every five days somewhere. Um I, I don't know exactly what the comp is, but like, I always think of like Wade LeBlanc was one of those guys. Like you just look sure. up and you're like, wow, that guy's still in the league. Like that's crazy. Wade Miley is another guy like that. Right. Just these left-handers that, that just kind of end up having these long careers. I'm guessing Tommy Henry is going to be one of those guys. Uh, we'll see if he ends up getting better. Like I said, he's a really good athlete um, and, and was still improving last year. I thought as, as the season was going on before he, before he ran into, into some arm issues. So that's going to be a question if he's healthy or not. You mentioned Nelson. Um, I guess, let me think, who am I forgetting? Uh, you know, we got to see Shikoni and uh, Bryce Jarvis come up and pitch relatively well late in the year. Uh, and then another guy who's coming off a bit of a kind of a mixed bag type of year in AAA is, is Blake Walston, who's one of their top prospects and has been for a long time. Um, I, I, another left-hander that I, I just wouldn't be surprised if, if we look up and he has a really long uh, career. I don't know if it's going to be as a frontline starting pitcher. I don't know if it's going to be as a bullpen arm or what, but, um, but I, I think he's going to be another guy that we should keep an eye on as a, as a rotation depth piece for them this year. So one of the other holes that was going into the offseason was third base, Evan Longoria electing free agency, maybe even calling it quits. We don't know yet. Eugenio Suarez gets traded to you guys, to the Diamondbacks. Uh, really, I mean, when you look at the the guys that went in the trade, I don't know, as a Diamondbacks fan, I'm kind of looking and saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for this trade. I, I know that trades are supposed to be, you know, hey, both sides really benefit, but I don't know if I'm a Mariners fan right now. I'm kind of wondering, what did we just get to give away this guy? What, what, did, what was the reception when you saw, or at least what was your thought when you saw the guys that you had to give away to get Suarez? Yeah, I don't think they had to give up much. I, I think yeah. you're you're right on that. Um, we'll see what Carlos Vargas turns himself into. Um, mm -hmm. He's a guy that the Diamondbacks acquired about 12 months ago. You know, right around the same time from Cleveland. Um, you know, he has a 
huge arm. I mean, he throws a hundred. Um, he's got good stuff. I think, I think part of the issues with him, I mean, not only strike throwing, but also I, I, there's something about his fastball guys get a good look at it. Guys can square it up. It doesn't have a lot of late life through the zone. Um, probably means he's going to have to start throwing a two seamer. And anyway, that's beside the point, but he does have some upside. Like if, if he can, if he can figure all of this out, uh, he's, he's got the potential to be a, a dominant arm, uh, at the back end of a bullpen. Um, We'll see if he turns into that. He's he's still very much a lottery ticket, I would say. Um, whereas Suarez, you know, I I think the key there, the Mariners were needed to shed money. They were under mm-hmm. some pressure to to pare down their payroll. The Diamondbacks were willing to take on what he was owed. Um, I, I think it's kind of a right place at the right time sort of thing for the Diamondbacks. I mean, he he fits them pretty well. Uh, he he gives them some power, which, I mean, I, I think they could use it's a, it's a lineup that was touted for what it's, you know, speed, athleticism, contact ability, you know, putting pressure on the opposition. But like, I think kind of deep down, like one of the things about this October run that they went on was the fact that they were, they were hitting some long balls. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, you think back, they, as far back as the first game of the postseason, they hit three home runs off Corbin Burns. They got, uh, that one inning against the Dodgers, they hit four home runs off Lance Lynn. Uh, Alec Thomas hit a huge home run off Craig Kimbrell, and I think it was game four of the National League Championship Series. And um, I, I feel like when you look at like kind of what happened in the World Series, they sort of stopped hitting, you mm. know. And and as much as as much as that other stuff is their identity, power is important. Um, and Suarez brings some of that. He's 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 a bit of a weird fit in the sense that he strikes out a lot. Um, yeah. And he's, he's going to have some contact issues and is going to, you know, be a little bit of a drag on the lineup in that sense. But I mean, for a team that's so good at putting the bat on the ball, otherwise I feel like you can kind of absorb that sort of thing. I, I think uh, it seemed like he got a lot better defensively. That's a big thing for the Diamondbacks. They don't beat themselves. They don't give away too many, out, too many extra outs. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's not a huge price, uh, in terms of, of players that they had to give up. And then, you know, they, I, I, it just, it, you know, they were willing to take on the money and that puts themselves in a pretty good position. When you look at production, comparing him to Evan Lagoria, I think it is an obvious upgrade, even though Suarez is coming off what I would consider a down season, low seven hundreds in the OPS, but what about the leadership and the veteran presence there with Longoria? Is that something that you saw during the season that they're going to have to fill a hole in? Or, you know, what what can you say about just kind of having that veteran leader on such a young team right now? Yeah, I think I think they'd like to, uh, you know, have more of that. Um, I do think Suarez probably gives them a little bit of that. I, I was okay. sectioned with somebody with the Mariners who called him, what do you say? I think he called him like an all-time all-time great dude, you know, in, in terms of a clubhouse presence. Cool. Um, so he, he might be able to provide a little bit of that and they are losing a little bit of that as well with, with fam and, and Guriel as free agents. So I'm guessing that's a thing they're going to have in mind when they, when they look to round out their bench, uh, and when they look to, you know, maybe add another outfielder or a, you know, kind of an option at the DH spot, um, which is what those two guys were, um, you know, and maybe they bring one of them back, both of them back. Who knows? I doubt both, but um, we'll see. Um, 
But yeah, I, look, uh, that's not a thing that they take lightly. I, I think they've talked a lot about that. Um, they've tried in the past to add those kinds of guys and, and see if it can all come together for them. Um, it, it really didn't come together in any way le- until last year. And, and, you know, so they'll keep trying to find that right mix. Um, and uh, it, it's always a hard thing to find. It's, it's easier to kind of see it after the fact than it is to predict how it's going to work out before. But that doesn't mean they're not going to keep trying to find that right guy. Do you think there's any chance that Guriel comes back? And if not, where do you think they look to fill that last outfield spot? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how his market's going to develop. Um, I, I felt like as the as the season was going on, maybe midway through the year, I thought he was going to be in line for a, a pretty big payday. Um, you know, I think sometime maybe around the end of June, he was he was on pace for some for some pretty big numbers offensively. I'd have to go and look. Uh, he tailed off as the year went along. I, I, I didn't really see him that differently than like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit like a, like a Nick Castellanos type. I don't, I don't know that that meant he was going to get five and a hundred. I think that was probably a bit of an overpay by the Phillies. Most people would agree for kind of a, a bit of a one-dimensional type of guy. Um, so I, I don't know though. I don't think Guriel is going to get close to five and a hundred now. I, I would, think probably three and something three and 45. I don't know. Something like that. That's not outside the diamondbacks. Um, not at all price range, but I mean, it depends on what they have to spend to find a starting pitcher, which I'm guessing would be the top priority right now. So I I would think that if they were to bring him back, it would probably have to be like a, you know, maybe his market didn't really develop the way he thought. And then they get into the, you know, late in the winter, they've already found their starting pitcher and, you know, they, they've, maybe they can stretch their budget to go get Curiel or, or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they found a starter somehow in a trade and, and locked him in for a little bit less than they expected. So we'll have to see how that goes. They, they did spend a little bit here on Suarez. So it kind of makes me right. feel like the outfield spot might be more likely via a trade um, than, than a, than a big dollar free agent guy. Okay. So Nick, last question here. It feels like this roster is almost set minus a starter or two minus maybe an outfielder. Uh, I know that we don't have a set roster for 2024 today, but assuming that Ken Kendrick puts his money where his mouth is at and actually does put more into payroll this year than last year, does this feel like a season coming off of a world series contender that every single time or every single game this year, that that is going to be the expectation, either world series or Uh, I don't, I don't think that would be fair. Right. I mean, look, we're talking about a team that this year won 84 games, um, Mm -hmm. a team that was outscored during the regular season. I mean, they had a negative run differential and got to the world series. It's pretty crazy. So I think getting back to October is certainly the goal. Um, and I think, I think you kind of widen the lens a little bit. Like I, I think getting back to October multiple times here in the next few years is going to be really important to this franchise. Um, you, you think back to the early days of the organization, you know, they were drawing upwards of 3 million fans a year to, to what was then bank one ballpark. Um, you know, that was back in the Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, you know, Luis Gonzalez, Matt Williams days. Um, that's the last time the Diamondbacks have been a winning club on a regular basis, you right. know, I mean, that team, what made the playoffs in 
99, 01, 02, maybe again in 03. I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, you know, they made the playoffs regularly uh, early on in those days. That was the team started in 1998. Other than that, it's been made the playoffs in 07, made the playoffs in 2011, made the playoffs in 2017, made the playoffs this year. And then just a lot of like down periods in, in between. I, I think you saw everybody in, in town here just rally around that October run. And it, it kind of proves that like, look, if, if they can give these fans something to kind of grab a hold of and sink their teeth into, um, you know, there's, there's baseball fans here. They, they want to come out and support the team. I, I, I think that if they, you know, can, can get behind a group of players and kind of start to identify with them, um that that they can turn this into something and you see what the what the phoenix suns have done to the valley right now people are really excited about the suns and have been for several years now and they have a core i mean at least they have you know devin booker like everybody knows who devin booker is right and maybe corbin carroll becomes that guy and hopefully they can build around him in, in a similar way so i don't know if getting to the world series is necessarily it you know kind of going back to what you're saying but yeah just giving kind of keeping this momentum going i think is the way i would phrase it all right, guys, if you are a Diamondbacks fan or just want to follow the Diamondbacks for the rest of this offseason, go check out Nick Pecoro on Twitter. He's with the Arizona Republic. Nick, thanks so much for jumping on to Rumor Has It with the setup man and bringing us a little bit of light on the rumors going on with the Diamondbacks this offseason. For sure, Kyle. Thanks for having me on.